Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today we're talking with James Goodson of Daisy. We talked about the Jesus and Mary Chain's 1992 album, Honey's Dead. We also talk about how bad lyrics are sometimes actually good. And letting go of preconceived notions in songwriting and just doing what you want. Daisy released Maximum Blast Super Loud on Convulse Records earlier this year. The collection compiles the first 24 songs James wrote for the project. So pick that up over at Convulse Records or wherever you stream music. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. My co-host Sarah and I chat about records that meant a lot to us as kids. Fun little chats exclusive to the Patreon, so subscribe for as little as $1 to listen. Also, check us out on social media. That's at SpinningOutPod. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, let's chat with James. Hey James, how's it going? It's going good. I'm I'm psyched to uh, to pod with you here, man. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked IRL. Does this count as real life? Yeah, this is Zoom? this is real life. I think Zoom. <laughs> uh, I think Zoom graduated to real life uh, the, over the past year and a half. Oh, okay, this is <laughs> as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't real life before. Now it is. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about the Jesus and Mary Chains album from 1992 honey's dead it's their fourth album and it was co-produced by flood what i'll ask is when was the first time you heard this band or this album oh man um i had a feeling you were gonna ask this and i tried to to really rack my brain about it um i think the first time i can't i, I have a really hard time with remembering the first time that i've that i've heard things uh I think I remember the first time I heard Minor Threat and like that's it. Like that's the only yeah. band I remember the first time yeah. I heard. Um but with with the the Jesus Mary Chain, I think I was definitely in my early 20s and they were like a band that I had I'd like always seen the name and heard the name mentioned a lot as like an influence of other bands. Um and not always like bands that I was super into, so I think I always just thought that they were this like I don't know, kind of very like cerebral, like indie rock band. Like I kind of think I thought that they sounded like pavement or something. <laughs> oh, weird. I think I always thought that they sounded like uh Cocteau twins or something. You you're you're a little more on point a, than a I am. A little closer, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Um I think I just I don't know. I just I always I, I think they weren't necessarily like um in the sort of like punk canon, which was no. very much what I was about, you know, in, in my formative music years. Um, but I remember they came up at some point. I saw some band that I, I wish I could remember what band it was, but it was some band that I did really like that said something about like, oh, we love the Jesus and Mary Chain. And I was like, I'm going to finally listen to this band. I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. And. I don't remember how it happened, but I listened to the song Snake Driver, um, mm. which isn't on this record. <laughs> it's on the Crow soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that was like how how I like landed on it too. Um, and I, 
like loved it just immediately and it was like totally not what i expected because it it was way more sort of like raw and uh, like more punk honestly um mm-hmm. than i expected and it just like really kind of surprised me like i didn't i don't think i knew i think i knew that they had a song in lost in translation i think i'd probably even heard the song in that um just like honey which is from their first record um and it, it, but i just had it in my head that they were this like i don't know like very like cerebral band for some reason and then finding out that they were actually not really that different than like the ramones but like reverby yeah. <laughs> it, it like really blew my mind and I just like really dove in head first with them and, and, and couldn't get enough. And, you know, they're a band that kind of has a, a lot of different, they, they sort of have like a very specific sound, but it, it does change a decent amount kind of from record to record. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I, something about this like middle period that this record is in, I just love it so much, which is sort of odd because it's yeah. not really like, it's not really the 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 period that the band is most known for. Like I feel like most people think of them for their first record, and that's kind of kind of it. Um, yeah, yeah. It feels like if you were to go to like a record store, you wouldn't kind of reach for Honey's Dead. Like yeah. that wouldn't be the one that someone would recommend. Yeah. To you, there always seems to be like one album that someone's like. Well, if you're only gonna listen to this, and here's yeah. the one, yeah, and it's you know, definitely and it. it's definitely Psycho Candy for for the Jesus yeah. and Mary Chain. It's definitely yeah. their first record, um, which is funny because I don't I like that record a lot. Like I I mean I love it. I think it's great, but it's not even like it's not even like my second favorite of their albums. Mm. Like it, it like I really like it. I think it's awesome. I love how noisy and 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 just like crazy it sounds. Um, but these kind of like their middle period where where they started like especially with this record where they started to get kind of like dancey and have all these like beats yeah. and stuff kind of really once they started to like not fuck with having real drums <laughs> um i yeah. really liked that um and this record particularly like i guess they have there's kind of some songs that have the electronic drums and some songs that have real drums and some songs that you kind of can't tell either way i can't i can't really tell that that well like and there's also like i think when i first started listening to this record i was like oh this is like a pretty bass heavy record yeah but for sure no one's credited as being the bass player in it yeah i i think that jim and william reed both played kind of like everything that wasn't drums on these albums yeah they I i think after like the second record or maybe even during the second record they basically like every other member of the band became like live only kind of. And yeah. they, they, the two of them like record everything and it's, it's just the two of them. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good point. I actually never really thought about that, but it is very bass heavy, which maybe that's like bass was the first instrument that I learned. And I have mm-hmm. like a special affinity for that, I guess. Like I, I just love bass. <laughs> Not to sound yeah. like a total dork. Uh <laughs> You get it. You're a bass player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel though it's like I'm like a bass player by It's like I don't think I would go back and choose to be a bass player right. if I could choose again. It just kind of was like, "Oh, you're a bass player now?" Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, so but cuz you yeah, play guitar so don't, too, don't you? A little bit. Not enough to like, you know, 
go out on a limb and be like I'm a guitar <laughs> player, you know, full on um, claiming like, guitarist. <laughs> yeah, like what would it take? I I don't know if you do this, but I do you feel like you go about in the world and you're like I'm a musician? Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know if that Sorry, I have a cough by the way. I know that's annoying. That's like number one annoying thing to have on a podcast. Um but uh I god, I don't know. I don't I don't think it comes up often enough. If it comes up, it's not in a way where I would need to like volunteer that. I think I would say I play music if it came up, but yeah. I don't think I would go. I'm a musician. Yeah, because I feel like after that, then someone's gonna ask me about like scales or something. <laughs> you know, and it's like I I don't know. Yeah, don't exactly. Know. Once the yeah. conversation gets to scales, I'm not gonna make it too far into that. No, there was <laughs> even a thing. Um, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but. So that video that I sent you, it's the KDOC request video. Yeah, I love that. Um, and <laughs> there was a point where they were like, they were like, when did you learn guitar? It was something like that. Right. But then it was like, even their answers were like, I don't, I don't know. Did I ever? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of a thing that I love about the Jesus and Mary chain. And that a thing I like in musicians in general is like, bands who and musicians who kind of like take making music very seriously and and like do a really good job with it and try really hard with it but don't take themselves seriously at all and they don't like they kind of like demystify making music you know like i like it when bands are just like yeah i don't know i just like like writing songs and we just did it like i don't know when i started playing guitar it's not some like magical thing to them they're like it's just a thing they like to do you know i kind of like that that demystifying which is interesting for a band like jesus mary chain who are also like you know have a real kind of like mystique around them mm -hmm. yeah i think that's kind of what i like about it is it's is it's kind of you're getting like best of both worlds it's like they look really cool they sound really cool they're definitely like capital c cool but they're also just sort of these like you know kind of shy don't give a fuck guys from scotland you know yeah yeah, I wonder how much of that kind of cool thing is just to kind of cover up that you don't either like one, know an answer to something or you're just incredibly shy because there's so much where it's like they give like half an answer. Yeah, and they don't. I think for them, a ton of it is actually being really shy. I, I've read um, the like biography of, about them and so much of it is just them talking about being shy. And, and, and like drinking to be shy. Like you mentioned how like they're really rough live, especially yeah. early on. And they talk mm -hmm. a ton about like, we just were so fucking nervous. Like we, they, oh, they were okay. just unbelievably nervous and they would always just end up like getting super drunk and then fucking up really bad. Cause they were nervous and wasted, but like it became, you know, part of the, the legend or whatever you know well uh one thing that was funny is like it seems so innocuous now like but they were banned by top of the pops for reverence uh for, yeah like the lyrics of you know like i want to die just like jesus christ yeah and i want to die like jfk which i mean i don't i don't see bands like getting banned like that anymore that's yeah. not something that people care about i also so just can't imagine about, either of those yeah. things really like offending anyone now <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean, but so do you get like any sort of feeling of like how popular this record was when it came out? 
from from what I can kind of tell, it seems like at the time this album was seen as like a little bit of a return to form, um, mm. which is sort of weird because it's not. But like the record before it was very glossy and very kind of big 80s, you know, program drums type stuff. Uh, and I think it was seen as this real like, you know, they've cleaned up the sound a lot. And then this Honey's Dead was sort of this we're back to being really noisy. Um, and then they're also incorporating more of the kind of like groovy dancey type shit in there. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like at the time it, it, it was pretty well received and, and they played some pretty big shows during this time. Like they, they yeah. did a big tour with uh, like my bloody Valentine. And um, I think like blur was on it and dinosaur junior. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like the headliner of those bands. Um so, like, I think they were a pretty big band, uh, and I know they were playing, like, Lollapalooza and stuff like that. But then yeah. when you read kind of current stuff about this record, it seems like it's not seen as one that anyone really gives a shit about. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what, if, like, I'm was... the weirdo for that. <laughs> yeah, that's what was kind of surprising, because even, like, the song Sugar Ray uh, was used for, like, a Bud Ice commercial like a oh, no way. I didn't part of the that. song yeah but like yeah but i couldn't get a sense like i would i just don't feel like this would be you walk into a place and someone says like this is the record you should listen to by jesus and mary chain you know? yeah i like, think i think it's i think it's not i think i i think it's i i thought about that after you said that you'd never really gotten into them um and i was like oh man i'm really kind of forcing him to jump in at a weird a weird point um but I will also say that I, I think I, I do think in a weird way this album is kind of an underrated like I think it's an underrated album and I think it's an underrated jumping on point for them because I do mm-hmm. think it's kind of a nice like sampler of all the stuff that they do. Like it kind of has the more kind of like poppy stuff. It has the more like really noisy abrasive shit. It has these, you know, electronic drums, which I think becomes a big part of what they do it still has the really straightforward like punky stuff. It's, it's kind of got a little bit of everything, you know? Um, but it's definitely not one that people are like, you gotta go to <laughs> honey's dead. So I sort of forced you to, to take a weird entry point. Yeah. I mean, did you, yeah, I mean, do, do you like it? Do you like this band? <laughs> no, I like them a lot. Um, I, I think okay. like, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't like torturing you. No, by making no I, I really <laughs> like it. I also, I feel like I forget, do you ever have bands that you feel like you're like, oh, I forget that I like this so much, or either like I forget to listen to them? Yeah, for like, sure. You know, like it's like a point where there was a point in my life where I was like, oh, I didn't realize that New Order was so good. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like there's like these little things that people tell you. Right. And you just hold on to them for some reason. I mean, I for sure. feel like every episode I have this little nugget where it's like, where it was like last time it was like, Oh, built to spill is better than Modest Mouse. Don't listen to Modest Mouse. Or it's right. like Joy yeah. Division's better than New Order. There's no reason to listen to New Order. And yeah. Those are like little mantras that people will tell you, but they're so arbitrary. Like, yeah. And somehow, I don't know if I don't know if they were one of the bands, but I know New Order was one where I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me? Yeah, I know know what you mean. I mean, I think New Order was a band that kind of same as as Jesus and Mary Chain, where it was like one of those bands where you like see the name so many times and it's not being like mentioned 
sort of in in the the way that you absorb most things especially like you know we both like grew up with like punk and everything so that Mm -hmm. tends to be our kind of you know entry sort of like starter point with a lot of music i guess um and i do think like that was another band where you know when i finally kind of took the dive into it 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 completely blew me away i mean honestly the funny thing is that like when i got into the jesus mary chain it kind of ended up i i sort of think of like that that was like the beginning of like another kind of big musical sort of like moment for me of like really kind of one of the last times that I remember being like discovering a whole thing and just being so blown away and enthusiastic about it. And I think it's because they, they, they sort of introduced me to, there was like sort of this like crossroads where, Mm -hmm. you know, from the Jesus Mary chain, you can go to like, shoegaze and and brit pop and like all kinds of that like uk sort of like alternative stuff you know like they they kind of lead into a bunch of that stuff and you know even they're not far from like the same world as new order and things like that you know which like yeah. then you know led me down a whole rabbit hole of like synth pop and all this great shit and and then i think the other side of that is because of that first record you know that's a lot more kind of like straightforward like jangly you know that that ends up kind of inspiring like all that sort of sarah records postcard rec- like all that type of stuff you know mm-hmm. that like a lot of that like scottish and, and uk stuff and um you know like that i really fell in love with like all that kind of like jangle pop and stuff like that you know yeah and- there's there's point there's points on this record um a little bit later into it like it doesn't sound that far from like teenage fan club Totally. Which, you know, in, in in the guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah, th- there it is really like a crossroads. This is a, like an interesting record that kind of like gives you a lot of different things. Yeah. Like, but even thinking about like either them or a new order, just like kind of <laughs> getting to a point like as like a punk kid where you're like, oh, do I like synth pop? Right. You know, like it's, but it's like I wasn't supposed to. Well, and I, I know it sounds so silly. No, I'm. I, I feel you that. big time. I mean, I think that the the reason that so many of these bands that I, you know, a lot of the bands that we're talking about are from the UK, and, and I think a lot of the reason that a lot of those bands really resonated with me and still do, especially of that kind of like '80s '90s crop, is because all the people in those bands are punks or were punks or yeah. whatever. You know, like. New Order, Joy Division, like those those guys were like inspired by the Sex Pistols and all that stuff, you know, like so many of these bands, you know, from like Oasis to the Jesus Mm -hmm. Mary Chain to whatever, like the, you know, the reason the Jesus Mary Chain sounds like the Ramones in a lot of ways is because they were obsessed with the Ramones and the Ramones inspired them to start a band, you know, like they very much were like a punk band early on. And, and, you know, all these, these, even something like New Order that like, you hear New Order and it couldn't be further from whatever, you know, punk, I guess. Those those guys were, you know, punks, you know, and they, they love that type of music and it's it's built into the what they're doing. And I think that's a thing that really resonates with me with all that stuff, like creation records stuff, Sarah Records stuff, is these these musicians are they're not making punk music, but they kind of have this punk execution that really kind of hits home for me, especially as I like, you know, started to 
try to learn <laughs> more chords or get yeah, yeah, better at bass yeah. or what the hell ever. You know what I mean? Like it, you when you sort of start to, you know, have whatever, you know, humble ambitions to do more than like play a power chord. Not that I don't <laughs> love to play power chords. <laughs> yeah, there's like a thing where I think it led me into like, or like, oh, I guess I like Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, right? And I like Sisters of Mercy and stuff like that. But yeah, it's like I I don't know what that dividing line is, or if it where it's like, oh, this is, it's like I guess I just assumed it wasn't punk, so I wasn't supposed to like it. Right. Which yeah. gets so murky when you get older. It's like, yeah. why did I even care about this? You know, it's a funny thing. The, that that whole thing of just sort of the the kind of you know what punk does to the young the young music listener you know where it's like opening up this whole world and it it kind of you know completely blows your mind with the possibilities but then it simultaneously is giving you this sort of like dogma to to be very tied to you know Mm -hmm. and like honestly it's funny i actually kind of like that about it especially as an adult with like perspective you know i like i kind of think the more dogmatic elements are kind of part of the fun, you know, but that's yeah. also because now I'm old enough to like whatever I want. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like when you're, when you're like in middle school or whatever, you're, you're probably limiting your, what you, you know, I, I couldn't have gotten into new order when I was in middle school, you know, I had to, I had to wait till I was in my early twenties, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it, did it lead you into like other music that, involves like drum machines or i guess like how did that start getting into your own songwriting or if i'm not jumping ahead too much um yeah i mean for sure i i I mean honestly like the jesus mary chain um super influential in that way like of of kind of opening up a lot of i guess like ideas for me of of of, like what kind of music i would maybe want to play um definitely like you know maybe number one with a bullet influence for daisy honestly um just because yeah like it it, the 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 fact that they i think that's something that i love so much about the band in general and i love about this record is the way they kind of you know bring in these electronic drums and and these sort of very programmed very sort of like um mechanical elements but then right next to it is the noisiest most like fucked up sounding guitars you can imagine you know like Mm -hmm. it's this kind of like combination of the hyper pristine and the completely like unhinged very like human element you know um and and i really love that about the band and i and i think you know, it's funny that you brought up New Order because, like, that the, the those two bands definitely kind of go hand in hand in my mind as like these two entry points into like one into like dancing music and one into you know whatever alt alt rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, just because like that, I, I I think kind of like dancier, groovier, like very rhythm focused music is something that I kind of got very into it, you know, in my, my early twenties too. Um, and I'm in, I'm in my early thirties now for the listener, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think like the Jesus and Mary change sort of showed me that there's a way to kind of combine all those things at once and, and make it work. Um, and I think when I started, 
doing the the Daisy stuff, the biggest goal for me was, you know, I just want to do a thing where I can combine basically everything I like about music into one thing without it sounding ridiculous, you know, without mm-hmm. it sounding like while still being like cohesive in some way. Yeah. And I think the, the Jesus and Mary chain are sort of like, you know, the, the, the kind of key for that in, in my mind. Um, yeah. I feel like sometimes when people start incorporating, I, I've, I've done this when I'm writing songs where it's like, if I start using a, a electronic drum, then it has to be like synth music, but it's right. like, it can just be incorporated into like what you would use naturally if that yeah. makes any sense totally Um, and also feel like there's like this other maybe it's not so unsaid but there's like a division line between people being like oh you have to use real drums right and but so much of this type of music you know incorporates you know electronic drums in it for sure yeah i mean that was a huge thing for me like i i completely know what you mean with that of like having these sort of um preconceived sort of this is what it's supposed to be this is what you're allowed to do kind of ideas about you know especially where kind of program drums comes into rock music i guess mm-hmm. um yeah and the the jesus and mary chain were a huge part of me kind of like breaking out of that because i'd always messed around with um you know garage band drums and using like a drum machine to make demos or whatever for any band that I've ever been in, whether there was ever an intention to have a drum machine or not, you know, just to like get ideas down, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And with Daisy, I like really loved the way the drum machine stuff sounded. I thought it sounded cool, um, but I was still sort of like, you can even hear on like some of the earlier shit. I'm like definitely still trying to make it sound like a, like real drums a little bit more. I was like a little, I don't know, not embarrassed of like the program drums, but I was, I wasn't like confident about it yet. You yeah, know what that's I mean? A, that's, that's like a good, embarrassed is like a good way to put it because I, I feel like I've showed, I've shown people my demos and things and they're like, well, you're going to put like real drums on it. Right. And then it's like, no, I'm just going to leave it like this. But yeah. there is like an em- embarrassment to it, which I think is really silly because like so much like pop music even like uses program drums, For you sure. know, you know, rap, hip hop, any of that type of stuff. But it's like, why is it that just rock music is the only place where yeah, like program drums are not allowed to touch it? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, when the Jesus and Mary Chain first started using like program drums, a lot of that was because they got into rap and they were like, oh, that yeah. would be cool to sample beats. Like that would be a fun thing to do, you know? And like, but I, I the thing that kind of actually... It's funny, like, the, the thing that really sort of clicked me over and made me sort of be like, fuck it, I like the way this sounds, I don't care what anyone else thinks, was it, it, it is Jesus and Mary Chain related, but not actually from their their specific music. I, it was, I read this interview with Jim Reed, and he was talking about, I think the album before this one, Automatic, the one with, like, yeah. the really like hyper program drums like the, it's like obvious as fuck that it's not real drums and yeah. um, he it has this like big kind of like 80s drum sound you know um and he was talking about it and he said his only kind of like regret about it was that they didn't lean even further into 
the drum machine sounding just like a drum machine you know like he Mm -hmm. he was like i wish we hadn't tried to make it sound like drums at all like i love the way a tin can drum machine sounds where it just sounds tinny and you know it's a drum machine and that's that you know yeah and it was sort of this oddly freeing thing to to read about this musician that i just thought was like the coolest guy just blatantly saying like i don't know i like that it sounds like shit what do i care like i you know i like it end of story you know and it made me sort of be like oh yeah like he's right if i like the way it sounds if i like the way a crummy drum machine sounds yeah what what is there really you know what am i worrying about here you know and but i do think there is just that like what you're talking about that that kind of um I don't know. Stigma feels like a a strong word, but like, you know, like a preconceived notion about, you know, that probably comes from, you know, coming up in like rock music. You know, it's got to be like, you know, live in the room and big roomy drums and blah, blah, blah. You know, like all this stuff that like you get it in your head that that's what like authentic music is, you know, and then you Mm kind of have to, I don't know, like work your work your way out of it (laughs) yeah it's weird because like especially with so many things nowadays uh being like to a click uh and then also i feel like there's so many producers that kind of like mix things and it's like this basically sounds like fake drums anyways right yeah what what am i what's my big hang up yeah for sure i hear stuff all the time where it's so well produced you know that it sounds you know every single snare hit sounds exactly the same Mm -hmm. you know It, it it is funny that there you a lot of times when you're reading you know about uh like I, I remember when um like a few albums ago when like the Foo Fighters made like a record in like Dave Grohl's house or something and he he like I remember there was like this whole thing about like we're going back to basics man we're just gonna make the record in my garage blah 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 blah, blah. and then of course like you know Dave Grohl's garage has a super nice studio and Butch Vig is there like helping you record you know and like it's a perfectly cool record but like the drums all sound just like giant enormous perfectly done drums you know like there's no sort of like imperfection to it or anything like that and and i think that's a funny thing about you know a band like the jesus mary chain is like they they use these programmed you know electronic elements all the time but their music is imperfect as fuck you know or even like new order i think are the same way you know like they're they're a pretty they're a band that has like imperfections in their music that i think is is really cool you know yeah and they also like new order has so many parts where i'm like could they even do this live like a lot of the like i'm like what is what is the real drummer doing yeah versus like what is sampled you know live i I think at this point there's a ton of like samples and there's so much like backing track i i know that like early on you can like watch videos of them playing where they have these just crazy contraptions that they're using to to do like primitive early backing tracks you know while things are like still on tape and things like that and just like it's fucking like chaos you know and and that i mean that's you mentioned about how like the jesus mary chain were sort of like rough live early on and I mean, that's the same with the new order. Like they were, they were rough as fuck. And I don't know. That's a thing I kind of like where these bands are sort yeah. of, you know, they're trying to make pop music, but because they're, you know, whatever their limitations, it still comes out as sort of this raw, just weirdo music, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like I've asked that before. I'm like, do you feel like people make weirdo music anymore? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Damn, that's a good question. Like, I mean, for sure, for sure. There's there's definitely, like, true freaks out there still. <laughs> yeah. I think people still make weirdo music, for sure. You just you have to kind of find it. I just don't think... I mean, that's, like, the crazy thing is, like, what you were saying earlier about, you know, not having a sense of how big this particular Jesus and Mary Chain record was like at the time is it was still way bigger than like any rock music now you know yeah or like new or you know like these bands that are are actual you know weird bands with idiosyncrasies and like things about them that are kind of you know i don't know not challenging but just like they do have you know a rawness to them like these were the biggest bands going yeah you it's know, weird like new to order think were fucking huge yeah, like New Order was really big. I mean, like Butthole Surfers being like such a big band right. and uh, Meat Puppets, like they weren't like yeah bands that you would think could sell anything. Yeah, there's, but they were. There's like huge a bands famous at the time. um like a I think it's a Bob Mold quote in some interview where he said some somebody asked him about um when he heard Nirvana and I think maybe even like they were asking about the Foo Fighters too and and said you know what do you think when you hear these like alternative rock bands that are clearly, you know, born of the music you made, you know, they're, you obviously are the progenitor of so much of this stuff, you know, like, does that ever bum you out or whatever? And he was like, I don't know, like the nineties was awesome. And it, it felt like we won, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like he was basically like, that was the one time where, you know, it really felt like what was, like legitimately cool and good was also popular and just what a crazy time that was you know he was he thought it was awesome you know and do you think that that's actually like true because when i look back on a certain time frame this time frame specifically i'm like this is the best era of music like right now or like or like 92 oh okay, okay time between like let's say like 85 to 95 right and that's like where i go for the most part mm-hmm and it's it's also a unique time because I feel like they were still like throwing tons of money at bands, right? <laughs> you know, but they were all like bands that I feel like are tastefully good, right? You know, and but I'm like, when did that ever happen again, or is that just a subjective thing based on like my age? Um, I I totally know what you mean. I I think uh I don't know my my. If, if I try to like remove myself from just like what I like and try to, you know, remotely kind of have perspective on it, my guess is that there it's never true and nothing, none of that like nostalgic looking back shit is ever what it appears to be. You know, like I think that, you know, the like 80s and 90s have a particularly like cool, you know, a lot of cool shit is going on that obviously you know, folks like you and me are particularly into. Um, and it seems like really unbelievable and and special. And I think it is, but I'm sure there was also tons of like dumb bullshit getting popular that was silly or tons of great band. You know, there's obviously there's a million amazing bands that, you know, didn't get any love or, or like the amount of bands that got signed in the nineties that were incredible that, you know, put out like one, single and then got dropped by the major or whatever well you know what i mean like i just think it's never like every 
every era is someone's favorite era or someone's like most special era or whatever. And, you know, I don't know. It's, I mean, I was thinking about this. I was watching, I don't want to turn this into too much of a, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to date the podcast too much and turn it into too much of a, uh, current events, uh, pod, but I watched all of the, the Beatles thing. Yeah. Um, I was wanting to, I, I watched all, you know, fucking eight hours of it this weekend. It's very long. I, I loved it so much. Like I, I, I adored it. Um, but you know, one of the craziest parts is like, while you're spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah, no no spoilers. <laughs> but just like one of the craziest things about it is that you're watching like the biggest it would be as if you were watching a really like weird uncut documentary about like, you know, a, a modern day like pop star making their record and it looked exactly like any any, you know, local band making a record. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it it it's like that's like a weird like, you know, the Beatles were were Taylor Swift or 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 Olivia Rodrigo or whatever like they were just big pop music full stop end of story it, but it just so happened that what was popular was the Beatles and all you know lots of cool stuff like that you know so I mean I think it's just there's like every era has like some wild cool thing about it and every era has whack stuff going on <laughs> yeah did you see where i feel like people were going like kind of two directions on like whenever paul mccartney was writing like get back mm-hmm. and um it was like people were like he just pulled that out of thin air yeah you know and i'm like but that's songwriting yeah what do you think writing a song is yeah yeah you just say <laughs> you just mumble shit and then yeah. eventually i mean sometimes that's really hard i mean it is know, but super sometimes... cool to like witness him doing it like i i totally like it, it's amazing to watch him do it you know but it like you know that that that's kind of what i was talking about earlier about like the demystifying of you know what like making music is yeah it is just you know fucking around and mumbling to yourself until something neat happens you know like it or like playing with your friends and you're all goofing off i mean like it's so much just goofing around until something you're basically just like stumbling over some magic moment or something like that but it's like that's what the magic is is like stumbling around it's not actually like god i'm just such a fucking genius that i like you know I, I sit down and, and, you know, out of thin air, create like fully formed mind boggling shit or whatever, you know, I don't know. I'm sure yeah. there's some people that are like that. Maybe I, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I felt the same way about it where I was just like, I mean, I like that it demystifies it that way. I mean, I saw just those few clips where I'm like, this is songwriting. And for the most part, like, it should be easier to people. Like, I feel like sometimes when we put like, not, I, I, I mean, the Beatles are great. <laughs> and now it feels like I'm just going to go into, uh, Here throwing we them go. in the trash. Here we go. But like, I feel like people put, when people put bands on a pedestal, then it feels like it's like, there are, the Beatles are good. Yeah. But then you feel like people will go, Oh, but you, no one will ever accomplish what they did. Right. Like in terms of like songwriting. And that's not to say that they didn't write good songs. But, and I think this is kind of like going back into territory where I'm like, like a young punk. Right. You know, where it's like, where it's like, I think other bands could write great songs, but you're not like giving them the time of day. Like if if any of that makes any sense, like it just feels like it's not, 
I th- I it's think not that's magic the, sometimes. That, like it should be. I, I think that's know. kind of the the reality of it is the you know as far as like no one can do what the Beatles did or no one can do what X Y Z did or nothing can ever be like the '90s was again or whatever. You know, like all those those kind of like takes or whatever. I guess like mm-hmm. in my mind, that's all true, and none of it has anything to do with like the the songwriting (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like none of it like those are all like statements of sort of like circumstance more so than you know ability or anything like that and let me you know don't get me wrong like i i adore the beatles and i think that like you know i mean trust me when i was watching that like eight hours of footage i was like these guys are fucking geniuses and i'm i love it so much you know um but you know like no one can ever do what the beatles did again because you can't go back to the fucking sixties where they're like, you know, doing a lot of cool stuff for the first time or they're on that kind of a, uh, you know, scale and, and all that stuff. Like, you know, nobody can do what the nineties was again because of the circumstances of the nineties and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, it's like, those are like circumstance things, not matters of whether or not people are good at writing songs. I mean, there's like incredible songwriters going now. There's so many, so much great music, you know, also i do think the reality that we all have to unfortunately accept is once you reach a certain age you're not gonna love things the way you did when you were 15 and that's just like brain stuff you know yeah yeah (laughs) that that is like a strange thing where it's like i constantly want to be like listening to new bands new music new eras but then i'm like but i could just listen to dinosaur jr again sure Yeah, you know where you kind of like just start like turning yourself off uh, for certain things. Yeah, and you like you know you go back to your comfort food music or you you know I mean like the this record you know that we're talking about is like a big like comfort album for me or like you know this band in general you know I mean I and I honestly I think that's why this band and and it, it is really special to me is because it's one of the last times I remember being like I'm so enamored with this and this whole world that it's opened up the same way I felt when I was a kid and I got into, you know, just punk, (laughs) you know, like it, it like felt like a second sort of, you know, big kind of musical awakening or something like that, you know? And, and it, it was like a really special fun thing, you know? Um, and I think it, I think it does genuinely get harder to, to feel that way as you get older. You know, not not even for like lack of trying. Like I love new music. I, you know, so much of my day is looking for new bands or looking at. You know, I love to look at music blogs and and all that stuff. Like I, you yeah. know, I, I I meticulously keep a list of like shit that I loved throughout the year. You know, and and try to revisit it and all that stuff. You know, like I I love finding new music. You know, but I also. I do find myself the, the, the sort of like um, more like ultra pure, just discovery, you know, feeling like getting lost in the discovery. I do find happens more when I'm getting into like an older band that already has all this sort of like mythos that you can dive into, you know? I remember the first time I heard the Ramones and it just like how much it blew my mind. Like I hadn't heard anything like it. Right. You know, and it's still like, like, what? what's your favorite era of 
the Ramones if you have to pick like a certain time frame? I mean, I gotta go like first three records, first four records. You know, like I I think especially those first three are just like flawless music you know like you know and that was them inventing basically everything i love about music right there you know um yeah and like i i just i love that whole i think that first run is just one of the craziest things that any band has ever done um Mm -hmm. but i have a ton of love for kind of all of it you know like i i actually really like a lot of the you know the the 80s stuff that gets like pretty weird um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I gravitate a lot to the 80s stuff, um, kind of like Too Tough to Die yeah. and then kind of newer than that. Um, and so kind of thinking about this record being uh, Jesus and Mary Chain's fourth album, just kind of like how, you know, like it, it, that. I think that's like a thing people do. Like they go like they pick up the first couple albums and then they kind of like throw a band away it seems yeah like, yeah you know but like it's like if i look at even just the ramones like just using a, a basic version of it like they still kept putting out good records like yeah. into the middle of their career there's you know? there's like at least one or two straight up awesome songs and often full-on classics on literally every ramones record you know like they that that's a great example of a band that people just you know those early records that I mentioned are the ones where every that everyone knows are that's what they're kind of known for, but they did so much and got completely written off while having all this amazing music, you know. And I think that's part of why I like, you know, now kind of discovering older bands is so fun because they're it's not burdened by the current whatever you know like whatever is going on with that band you know like it's only just you getting to dive in wherever you want to dive in learn about it all within the context all with time has passed you know it it, it feels like a more like full picture of what the band was you know and I just like I love nothing more than than getting into a band and straight up getting on Wikipedia and just like reading about like each of their records. Like I yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was just looking it up that uh the song Bonzo Goes to Bitburg was 10 years into Yeah. uh Ramones being a band. So that's on Halfway to Sanity. And yeah. you know, and I mean there's still like good there's still good uh songs in that era. Um, like I want to live is, I don't know why I'm now I'm going just talking about the Ramones um, but just kind of like thinking about like bands being in I guess what is perceived as like the middle of their career yeah you know and still being good <laughs> yeah totally I mean like they you know like even later than that like you know they they always had a, a, a few really great songs like um, you know like I Believe in Miracles is the oh, is on song. Brain Drain and like that's yeah super deep into it like no you know there's nobody out there that's being like if you're gonna get into the Ramones you gotta start with brain drain <laughs> you know like that's yeah, not that's, that's not yeah, anybody's that's from like place. 1989 yeah you know? so yeah that's not usually where people will tell you because I mean it's like I don't know if I'd say like overall like if those were the stronger records you know but they still had things that were good on like Adios Amigos and like 1995 yeah. And that's the thing is, like, you can listen to a record like Brain Drain or whatever, or even this, you know, I think this Jesus and Mary Chain record is, like, stronger than some late-era Ramones records. But, like, I don't, I don't, it's, you know, that's, like, four albums in. It's not quite the same thing as, like, 
you know, super deep into it like the Ramones were in that situation. But like, you know, you can listen to those kind of records and you can listen to Brain Drain or whatever and you're just hearing the songs, enjoying it for what it is, as opposed to if you were hearing it in like 1989 or whatever, you're like, damn, the Ramones have really like fallen off and I was really looking forward to this new Ramones record and it like, you know, it's not shit. Like I don't fuck with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. that's like part of the I, I think why I tend to gravitate towards like listening to a lot of older stuff. It's just like this totally removed from, you know, the baggage of the current moment, I guess, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like shifting back to thinking about Daisy, um, do you like plan on do you do you think you'll plan on making it into like a full band or do you like the process that you have now? Yeah, uh, I mean, I really like the the process now just because it is so, you know, honestly convenient more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, it's I'm definitely gonna there's gonna be like a live band, um, and like try to play shows and everything like that. Um, and I do want to eventually make a record that way in some way. You know, like I want to just kind of do both. You know. Yeah. Um, which, you know, again, like using the Jesus and Mary chain is kind of like a template for that. And, you know, they, they did things, you know, they, they had shit on their records that was like very live and then stuff that's very programmed or whatever. And, and you, they just did both and it didn't matter, you know? And same yeah. with like live. Like, I think that, you know, I really like when a band sounds different live than they do on a record. Like I'm not really super tied to seeing the exact thing again you know um or like seeing you know seeing the record in its exact preserved way or whatever um so like i like the idea of you know the the kind of like live daisy and the on record daisy sort of being different and and stuff like that um i also have some vague ideas of maybe attempting to do some sort of an adam and his package style uh yeah (laughs) one man band type situation whether or not i can pull that off in a way that isn't uh humiliating remains to be seen but uh i feel like that could be cool if it's possible (laughs) yeah i mean who's to say you won't pull it off i mean if you do it and you finish the set then there you go (laughs) then you pulled it off yeah Yeah. i i will see i might I, i i think that's the thing about daisy is i just i i view it as like a container for whatever i'm interested in at the moment you know Mm -hmm. and if that's like you know something super poppy then it can go there if it's something that's more aggressive it can go there if it's like you know a full live band thing it can be that if it's you know me just playing along to a drum machine it can be that you know like i i i sort of like you know the, the the flexibility i guess yeah, do you find it hard to write songs like in isolation? Like, I mean, no, well, that, I... <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the main issue, I guess, I'm projecting a lot of myself there where I feel like <laughs> it's like hard for me because I don't have anybody to like bounce mm-hmm. my songs off of. So I'm like, it's all just me. So it's, yeah. it's hard to like make it feel like it's like real. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, for one thing, I bounce a lot of times. I bounce songs off of my my very patient wife, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. but I think I I've always like found it hard to uh, like write songs um, in a group, depending on like what kind of song it is. I guess uh-huh. you know, like I think for something like Daisy, where 
it's predominantly like a melody first kind of band, you know, like I need to be able to be alone and do the, the mumble to myself thing, yeah. you know? And, and, and if it's like a band that's a little more like riffy, you know, like with like teen death, like we write songs together plenty of the time, you know, like some are mm-hmm. songs that I wrote and then brought to the band and some are like, you know, we just write them together. It, you know, somebody has a riff and then it becomes a song. Um, you know, and, and I think that's just cause it's like a riffier band. It's just like a different kind of animal. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I've never, I, I always like have been more of a write alone kind of guy. Um, especially like with fucking lyrics. There was one time, uh, with my buddy Jake where ages ago in one of our old bands, we tried to write lyrics together and it was so hard. <laughs> it was oh. like so difficult for us to be earnest with one another. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, I've wanted to do a thing where it's like you take the lyrics to the point you wrote them and then like give them to a, to a friend and let them like kind of add to it. Yeah, but yeah. it feels like it's like I gotta give you part of my soul, right? And you kind of give something back to me. It's yeah, difficult. I think yeah. the only time I've been able to do it is in bands where the lyrics weren't really very serious, and then it yeah. and then it is like easier to do that because then it's basically just like hanging out with your friends and thinking of funny rhymes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you, um, I feel like I'm somebody that it takes a long time for lyrics to really like resonate with me. Like, yeah. Like with this, with this album, uh, with Jesus and Mary chain, like, I'm like, I don't know what any of these songs are about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe that's what they meant. Yeah. I think, um, I'm the same way. Like I'm, I'm definitely like a melody first kind of brain. Um, yeah, I definitely don't, you know, I don't need to like the lyrics immediately to, to like it. Honestly, like my line is like, as long as the lyrics aren't distractingly bad, then they succeeded, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I definitely like personally with the stuff that I write and with the stuff that I gravitate towards, I like a lot of music where the lyrics are more meant to be like evocative rather than some like hyper narrative or like direct, this is what it's about kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's definitely what I get from the Jesus and Mary chain. Like I feel like all their songs are basically about, you know, love or drugs or both, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like it's all just about like, they're they're a very something i like about them is that they at at their core no matter what else they're doing they're like a pretty primitive like rock and roll band you know that really holds the sort of like most basic rock and roll ideas probably because they're really influenced by like the ramones and velvet underground you know so it's like those sort of super core simple rock and roll things are are what they gravitate towards and like you know, I mean, I'm like looking at the lyrics now and like, you know, it, it's just like shit about like, you know, having a crush and being miserable and stuff like that. You know, like pretty, pretty evergreen things, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I usually just like I'm like, I think you are you already said it, but it's like, uh, you know, like sometimes when you're listening to a song, like if there's a really bad lyric, then it kind of stands out. But yeah. outside of that, I'm like. I don't I don't know what this song's about. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I don't Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely like yeah, like I I I feel like I'm not uh, like equipped to even like say what good lyrics are 
versus like yeah. like good lyrics to me are not bad lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and that's 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 what I was meaning to get to where I'm like, but what is that? Sometimes like what does that mean? You yeah. know, it's like it's like what is a good lyric cuz I have I've had so many times where people were like the lyrics are bad, not right. know, just about whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like yeah. it's like if it fits the melody, right. and it's not about I mean, a song could be about doing your laundry and be really good. For sure. You know, so so it's like, what is a bad lyric? Like, what is a good lyric? Yeah. Oh, what is a good lyric is impossible. And oftentimes when people are like going wild over what a good lyric is, I'm over here being like, really? I guess. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. And it's funny you mentioned the Ramones because I kind of think they're like the ultimate in sort of like, what is a good lyric? What is a bad lyric? Cause like, especially with that later shit, like they have a song, uh, called worm man where he just says yeah. like, I'm a worm man that yeah. I think is perfect and amazing. And I love the lyrics and think they're insane. And you know, it's just him talking about being a fucking worm man, you know? But then those are, but then <laughs> I would, I would say that those are good lyrics. Same. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I'm a worm man is a good lyric. <laughs> I want that yeah. on record. <laughs> yeah, or even like it's like the song Animal Boy is just that's all he says. Like yeah. it's just Animal Boy, right. Animal Boy. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> lyric. You know, that's all it needs. Yeah, you know? I think that's the thing is it's about, you know, it's like that's one of those like corny like songwriting clichés is like everything is supposed to serve the song, you know. But I think that's true that like if if you're it comes that 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 applies whether it's about, you know, whether or not you're going to put like too many overdubs on something or what kind of lyrics it has, you know, like there's, I mean, like Michael Stipe is, is always mentioned as like this incredible lyricist, you know, and I love his lyrics and there's a ton of REM songs that I have no fucking clue what they're about, you know? Yeah. And it's just like mumbo jumbo, you know, I'm sure there's like REM yeah. fans that want to kill me now, but like, you know, and like, I love REM. I love his lyrics, but like, I don't necessarily know what every song is about, you know, I, I, I just, that's not, I think that's the thing to me is that like, there's a difference between a lyric and a, I don't know, like a poem or even, or even just like any kind of other writing, you know, like it's a different, it, it serves a specific function, you know, like, yeah, that's why I don't really think there's much point in sort of like, you know, when you like isolate a lyric from the song and you're taking it just as the lyrics alone, it sort of defeats the purpose of what it even is. You know, like it mm -hmm. only exists in in the context of the song, and that's the only way it can be kind yeah. of judged, I guess. There, there was like a thing a few years ago um, where it was like, I'm probably getting the story wrong, but this is essentially the conceit: is like they would isolate like Courtney Love's like vocals. Oh, I totally remember. And this. then it's like. If you isolated any of our vocals, oh, it'd be a disaster. It would sound really bad, <laughs> but in the context of what they were doing, of the song, it sounded good. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, I'm sure. Like yeah. if you, if I were at that show, I I remember this. They were playing Celebrity Skin, which is like the best song ever. And I yeah. I guarantee, if I was at that show, I would be losing my fucking mind, and it would rock. You know, yeah. like. But if you isolate it and you isolate her guitar and blah blah blah, like. It's just not, that's not the point. That's not. <laughs> like it sounded good when I was listening to it. Yeah, for sure. Like it's like, uh, like back to the lyric thing. It's like, I don't know what any like guided by voices lyrics mean. Right. And I don't even think he knows what it means. 
but it sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool, it. and it works within the context of a guided by voices song. You know, and yeah, like that's that's what what matters. You know, and <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm like a total apologist for shit like that. Like I'm such a mark for you know weirdos like you know Robert Pollard who are just like I can't stop writing songs. The the making of the song is the point for him. You know, yeah. like whether or not everyone is you know you're putting out too much music we can't absorb this whatever the arguments against guided by voices are are or even like this shit sucks you know <laughs> like yeah that's not for him like it all literally is only i get joy from expressing myself through writing these songs end of story i'm doing it whether you want me to or not you know like yeah that dude's gonna be putting out rec- like if if people had stopped listening to guided by voices 20 years ago he would still be putting out the exact same number of records, you know? And that to me is just like the coolest thing ever. So if he wants to write songs about fucking wizards and stuff, I'm, I'm down yeah. for it. Yeah. He <laughs> said this thing about, um, where he would just record himself like singing a melody. Right. And then like, that would just be the recording. And then he would go in after it and kind of like trying to find, try and find the chords on guitar. So right. it's like, if it works for him, yeah. then what that you know like i don't i don't need another way like it's yeah, like it's like sure. he's written so many songs like that's i don't see the harm in it like when people get into the idea of like this is exactly the one and only way that you should write songs yeah or like the the conversation of like i should be able to like read these lyrics by themselves and they make sense yeah i think that's crazy like no <laughs> <laughs> i mean like look i love um you know fucking I don't know what's a good example, like Bruce Springsteen or something, you know, yeah. where like you can read a Bruce Springsteen song and you're, you know, having a little story about like whatever tragedy he's fucking Joining singing about. Union. Totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like that's amazing and is such an incredible skill set, you know, and, and I think that's awesome. And I would love to be able to call upon that skill set, but I unfortunately cannot, um, you know, but like that's not if that were the whole thing. I wouldn't give a fuck. Like I, I like Bruce Springsteen because he writes kick-ass rock and roll, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, he makes like really good music. And part of what makes those, those stories so compelling is that combination of that with the music, you know, like I just, I don't know. There's a reason that we don't like call, you know, just call lyrics like, song poems or something like that you know like it, it's like yeah. we have a fucking word for it because it's a specific thing <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe i'm like on one right now but no i think i just think there's definitely not like one specific way to kind of like create a song like like i had a friend that one time told me like the way that the bass player in ccr plays is like how every bass player should play and that's right. kind of like a way that like locks right into the kick you know, yeah. and I'm like, but no, who else? Like, why is it just the one way that you should have to play? Like, yeah, there's I mean, so I many people that don't do that. You, you, know? you kind of automatically sound like you're a lunatic if you're trying to say, like, there's a specific way to do X, Y, Z, you know, because it's just very it's such a, you know, whatever works for whatever you're doing. You know, I mean, there's a million bands. I always like think it's wild when um you know, the the bands where I wish I could think of an example where like a member who isn't the singer writes the lyrics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they had like what happened then? Did they like hand the the singer 
like a page full of words and say like, all right, man. <laughs> have you ever had that happen for you? Like has yeah. anyone ever written your lyrics? I think maybe when I was in high school, I remember uh, I was in a band that had the, the drummer wrote a lot of lyrics uh, and he would do that where he would just hand off like, you know, here's all these lyrics, blah, blah, blah. Like good luck out there. Uh, but I was not the one who had to turn it into yeah. anything that, that made any sense. But yeah, they, they, I was in a, I was in a fast punk band and the guitar player, like anytime he wrote a song, um, he was like, here are the lyrics for the song. Yeah. And then he wrote a song about um, like a breakup he had, but it was like, the, <laughs> like she was like one of my good friends. And oh, I was no. like, I'm not singing this. This doesn't mean anything to yeah. me. You know, like I'm not singing this about like my good friend. Right. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I can't imagine like singing someone feels, else's lyrics. It feels very difficult yeah. to me. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Unless you're like singing the backup vocals for your your friend's song that you're also in the band or something i don't know like <laughs> yeah it, it's a very that that is like a, an odd thing to me i just think that's like such a fascinating process for some other member to be like all right man here's a bunch of fucking words try to make that yeah. into something you know but like yeah make it seem like you care about this yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like uh i know like grateful dad didn't write a lot of their lyrics they had like a guy that considered himself like a poet yeah and he wrote that's so a lot sick. of their lyrics. Isn't which... uh, doesn't like El- isn't Elton John's whole thing that he it's him and like like Elton John writes the words and then he has another dude that writes the like all his lyrics. That sounds right. I can't remember the guys. It was this guy named like Robert Hunter. Isn't his the, isn't that... the Elton John guy uh, Bernie something or like ooh yeah to- to- Tobin? I can't remember. But like yeah, shout out to that guy. I don't mean to forget your name. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Taupin. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. He's the yeah, the British songwriter who uh collaborate he writes most of uh Elton John's lyrics. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's strange because it's like when you hear an Elton John song, you're like, Oh, he he thought of all of this. Like I don't understand how that's possible that the like what yeah. came first? Elton does Elton John give him like a mumbled demo where he's just singing like know. la la la's and then Bernie puts words to it or is it vice versa? I I don't know cuz I Can we get know. these guys I mean, on the pod? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's like I guess then you're getting into a conversation of like you know like a lot of country music like a lot of those people don't write their own songs. Right, I mean I yeah. guess you could say the same with like a lot of pop music. Sure. But I mean, that used to be like the norm, I guess, was that yeah. there was like, you know, performers and there were songwriters and they were separate yeah. entities. Yeah. So who writes uh, who writes the lyrics for the Reed Brothers? Right. I don't <laughs> I mean, those two guys that that's an interesting thing. Like they they both like write th- so the songs and a lot of the records are sort of like split 50 50 between the two of their songs. And it is impossible to tell them apart they have yeah, almost the exact same voice I, I i can sort of mostly tell it apart now just because i'm like have been such an obsessive for so long but like they it's really difficult to tell them apart there's no real point in telling them apart because they're definitely doing the exact same thing like lyrically and delivery wise and i've even noticed that some there were songs that uh like one of the other guy the the guitarist william wrote that now Jim sings, you know, mm-hmm. and, and especially like live, he'll like sing some of William's songs. Live. I guess he just didn't want to like switch instruments or anymore and things yeah. like that. I don't know. But like, you know, it's like they're so 
I mean, maybe that just comes from them being brothers or I don't know, but like they're, they're virtually like indistinguishable. It, it like makes no difference who wrote what, cause they are the same guy basically, you know? Yeah. I felt like I didn't realize that they had, you know, different singer yeah until i went to write it down and then i did a little bit more research and i was like what there's different one yeah. of the other brothers sings a song here like, yeah it's like william yeah, is tell. like slightly worse at singing than jim and they're both terrible at singing <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love great. their voices but they're they're yeah, both yeah. like it, no, they yeah. have like wild voices you know but like i don't know that i mean that's like i think something another thing that i just really love about them is that like everything is so like you know, I just think it's cool that these guys are like clearly not the best guitarists or the best singers or the best, you know, whatever, but they were the best at like doing their weird thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's always going to be the coolest thing to me is just any band that like, you know, had their particular thing. I think bands that, that do a lot with a simple formula always tend to, you know, I mean, you've heard me like losing my fucking mind about the Jesus and Mary Chain and the Ramones who are like, you know, mm -hmm. to most people, they would probably listen to any song from any era of both those bands and be like, all this shit sounds exactly the same, you know? Yeah. And to us, it sounds like there's all these, you know, <laughs> little idiosyncrasies and different things going on. And I don't know. That's I, I love that stuff. I love bands that like had a thing and, and did it a lot, you know, guided by voices, obviously, like all yeah, that yeah. stuff. So uh, when when do you think we'll get more Daisy songs? Um, that's a good like, question. Isn't 24 enough? <laughs> well, um, there's a lot, you know, like I, I, I didn't, uh, start releasing Daisy songs, uh, until I kind of had a giant backlog of them. Um, and I'm always like writing more. So I have just like a ridiculous amount of songs. So it's kind of a weird process where it's not, it's not like any other band I've done where, you know, you, you, you're like, I'm going to write a record now and, and here we go, you know, like time to compile this set of 10 songs or whatever. It's more just like, what do I feel like picking and choosing and what goes together and what do I feel like recording or whatever? Um, mm -hmm. so I don't know, I guess the, 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 the answer is I'm not really sure. I'm sure there will be something there, there will be plenty more next year. Um, you know, I love, I love singles and EPs and little goofy releases like that uh, and annoying people by not doing full length. So I'll uh, <laughs> probably do more of that. Um, but I'm sure s sooner than later. But I'm also I, I, I'm trying to let people, you know, chew on the the 24 from this year and uh, yeah, let them let them marinate a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you think. uh do you think people kind of like change their mind on EPs with like being stuck at home? Like how, how has it been received, uh, doing like a slew of EPs instead of yeah. doing a full length? Um, God, that's a good question. I really don't know. Um, you know, so much of the Daisy stuff is about like doing it whenever I feel like it. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, anybody, that has responded to it in any way has been so fucking crazy and kind of blew my mind. Um, so like, I, I don't really, it's like hard to speak to like what part of the process, um, was like effective in any way. Cause that wasn't 
like where my head was at when I was was doing it, I guess. Um, it really was more about like, oh, I really like doing singles, so I'm just going to do like two song singles for a while because I think that's neat. And then I only started to do EPs because I wanted to sort of like show some other kind of like stuff that I wanted to do. Basically, I wanted to do yeah. like one or two quieter songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, but, but I did notice that like people kind of like seemed to respond more when there was more for them to, to chew on, I guess, like with the EPs and stuff like that, um, more so than singles. But, you know, it's hard to say because like, you know, the more you do a band, the, you know, hopefully, you know, just through repetition, more people <laughs> notice it or whatever. So it's like hard to say what, what was effective in terms of like the, the formats or whatever. Um, but I do think that during the pandemic, a lot of bands did P, uh, EPs, and I I hope that people are like into that, you know, because I mm-hmm. think I think yeah. an EP serves like a very cool purpose of being a sort of like lower stakes but still meaningful release, you know, and I think like that's a really fun thing to do as you know a songwriter, you know. Yeah, uh, I think it allows people to kind of like try things out more, you know, like. Like yeah. a full length is always like, this is something I've been working on for longer. Or like, yeah, this it is feels one like a expression. Statement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you. I, I think that's a thing um, I kind of had to like wrap my mind around was sort of realizing that part of the stuff that I think is fun about making music and putting music out is I, I like when you have the ability to do things that are actually lower stakes, you know, mm-hmm. when it's all tied up in like a full length and it has to be this big statement because I do also really love the album format and think that that statement is cool, you know, but like I don't want to only do that once every two or three years and that's it, you yeah. know, like that's just like not acceptable for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, just because, like, you know, I like writing the songs. It's fun, you know? Like, that's yeah. really all it comes down to is, like, it's fun, and I like writing them. I like making, you know, I think it's fun to make cover art. I think it's fun to put out in the world, and that's kind of it, you know? And you can't do that if you're, you know, only doing a, a statement every two years, you know? But that said, yeah. you know, the bands <laughs> that do do that, like, it, a lot, it, obviously that, like, works for a lot of, you know, musicians, and, and they love doing it, and shout out to them you know it's just whatever whatever feels right but i sort of realized that like i don't know i think like doing some low stakes stuff is is fun (laughs) yeah um well where can people find you online um i think i think daisy sound is my handle on everything like Bandcamp and social media and all that nonsense that's probably the best place to get at me I think that's even my Gmail. So if you, you know, if okay. if you're listening and you want to email me about how I was coughing too much on this podcast, that's the place to do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't put it on Josh. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I super appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And yeah, man, it was super know, fun. Thank you for having me. Kind of getting me to listen to this record. So Hell I yeah, appreciate man. it. Thank you so much. I, I don't get to nerd out about this band super often. So I, I really, it was really, really fun. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks again to James for coming on the pod. It was great catching up. Like I mentioned at the top, pick up the new Daisy collection from Convulse Records. It's one of my favorite releases of 2021. That's an endorsement, right? 
Okay. Next week, my co-host Sarah and I will be capping off the year by going through our favorite albums of 2021. Well, as long as we can remember what came out. That'll be on the main feed, but please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at spinningoutpod. Thanks, as always, to Sarah for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. And thanks to all of you for listening this year. It means so, so much. Well, on that note, see you next week. <laughs>